Welcome to Preacher Podcast Engage, the podcast that we try and watch the entire Freddy Care franchise. I am Charlie, your fairy partner, Chipo. And I'm Protector of the Light, Kira Cassidy. And today, we have another new guest on our podcast. I can't say words. Please, introduce yourself. As you would like to be introduced. Yes. Uh, uh, hi, I'm Silva, and I use they, them pronouns. Welcome. Welcome. Uh, thank you for letting me bully you onto our podcast. No, I didn't bully you. Uh, it, you were talking about it, and it sounded like a fun thing to do, so. I have it on, uh, every guest we've had has enjoyed it. I'm pretty sure no one said anything about not enjoying it. So unless our guests are liars, and I'm looking at you, every single guest. <laughs> Everyone's had a fun time. I will say though, when you were talking about it and you mentioned taking notes, I have I'm notoriously horrible at taking notes. I watched the episode twice with a notepad open in front of me, and after I got done with the second watch through, I looked down at my notepad and it was completely blank. It's it's okay. It's totally fine. <laughs> I think between the two of us, I take most of the notes and even then we don't go into like I know there are other podcasts out there where they go into, like, in-depth discussions. Are you sure there's other podcasts out there? I think we're the only podcast. <laughs> That's true. We are the only podcast. <laughs> All those other podcasts you listen to, they're not actually podcasts. Mm-hmm. They're radio dramas. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but no, but you, you were saying... Um, about our notes. Oh, yes. And even then, we tend to go through the episodes a lot more quicker than most other shows that we cap podcasts. We cast podcasts. What am I saying? Uh, no, yeah, for comparison, my notes for this show are, let's see, let me count how many sentences I have. <laughs> One, two, three, four, five, six. I'll say like 30 to 40 sentences total, and some of those are only like two or three words. Um, compared to Kids and Their Dog, which is the podcast I do about Scooby-Doo movies, where I have, like, five paragraphs, six paragraphs by the time we're done with a movie. Mm. Yes. I mean, I always take more notes than I use, because I'm like, so, it's okay that you didn't take any notes, as long as you watch the episode. That's what truly counts. And even then, that doesn't necessarily matter, um... (laughs) <laughs> behind the curtains on kids and their dog again uh there were, for one of our april fool's day episodes we did an episode of jabberjaw um and we didn't watch the same episode <laughs> <laughs> i mean not to call out uh this person but we did have a guest come onto our podcast and tell us that he didn't actually watch the episode because he thought we watched it as we talked <laughs> I won't disclose which guest that was. You know who you are. I can't say anything because anything I would say would reveal who it would be. Yes. <laughs> but before we get into the episode, uh, I have some questions for you, Silva. Yes. If you're ready. All right. Uh, what's the first question I ask? Oh. What is the- we hadn't had a guest in so long. I know Tana was on, like, five Um, episodes ago. (laughs) I'm gonna guess, and I'm gonna say the first question's usually, what's your history with the Pretty Cure franchise? None. (laughs) Mm. A common response on this show, believe it or not. I can can imagine. (laughs) I think there's only been two people on our show that had any experience with the show, and one of them's the host. Yeah. <laughs> I am not the other one. So this was your first and only episode that you've seen. Yes. How confused were you? Uh, honestly, not very. That's good. I, I, def- uh, I definitely didn't, you know, 
pick up on what I assume were story threads from previous episodes and things. But it felt very self-contained. That's good. I mean, what happened at the end of this episode is very, like, vague to the plot of the show. I, I, I understood that much, yeah. <laughs> uh, I can't, I, listen, I can't talk about it now because we haven't started the episode yet, but, like, when we get to the end of this episode, I have some thoughts about where I thought it was gonna go. Uh, so, since you, this is your first and uh, only episode of Pretty Care, I must ask you, and... We'll see if you're the first guest to say something else. If you had to pick between Cure Black and Cure White as your favorite pretty cure, who would it be? Hmm. Considering Cure White didn't seem to do much this episode, though, going off of the character traits that were shown in the opening and ending, I'm just gonna go with Cure White. Ah, you're the first. Congratulations. Yes, you are the first. <laughs> uh, see, I told you, Cassidy, someday someone would pick Cure White. Yeah, I'm going to blame that on the fact that they haven't seen the first episode of Pretty Cure, where Cure White clearly doesn't proper properly practice lab safety. Oh, they very clearly uh, show something of the sort in either the opening or the ending. I think it's I think the opening. It's ending. It might have been one of those. I think it's uh, the opening because that goes over like scenes of the characters, and the ending is everyone dancing to a bop. The music in Pretty Cure is very good. Yeah, it's true. I think that's all the questions. Well, I I think I've asked this in the past, but I haven't asked it recently. Based off this episode. Would you continue watching uh, Pretty Cure, or would you go back and watch everything else up to 31? I would definitely like to. If I ever would is another question. Hmm. I mean, that's fair. There's a lot. Um, well, go it's, ahead. It, it's more, uh, I have ADHD, and sitting down and watching anime nowadays is a very big chore. Mm. I understand. Um, if you're going to go back and just watch a random episode, though, I would recommend the the one where they have to save Ryuta at the aquarium. Yes. That's one of my favorites. That's episode, I want to say 17. Or is that the farm episode? Uh, it, I don't know. It's whatever episode Aaron was on. I don't think that was 17. I feel like... Uh, looking at the description for 17, uh, it mentions a farm. So... Okay. Yeah. Okay, so it's before that. It's probably, probably episode... 13 or 14? It's episode 11. Oh. Well, look. <laughs> All I know is it's Geki Drago's last episode and he does some very funny stuff. He does. It's incredible. You should definitely watch the episode. You should also watch the farm episode, which I think is very good. See, I'm not sure if the farm episode is something you could watch out of context. That's fair. Anyways, instead of talking about old episodes of Pretty Care, we're talking about episode 31. Yes, episode 31. Did he really run away? Where the world is Poland? Also known as Poland on the Loose. Now, I don't know about the two of you, but I don't think this is the most accurate title for this episode because I expected Poland to run off a lot quicker than this he did. This feels like the the title of the episode where Poland ran off the first time and went to the bakery, which I believe was episode 26 or something. Yes. The one after the end of Ah, uh, yeah. I know what you're talking about. No, took me a moment. Uh, but, uh, I mean, it is what it is. They don't name these episodes whatever they want. I, w I will say, though, the episode description on the Wikipedia is very misleading. <laughs> <laughs> And not at all what I expected going into this episode. What does it say on the Wikipedia? Uh, it says, Poran, curious about the Garden of Rainbows, decides to take a visit. That is not at all what happens. Oh, that's like... That's like first episode he shows up kind of stuff. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, he's already in the Field of Rainbows. He doesn't need to take a visit. He's, he's been there for like three weeks now. Four <laughs> weeks. Some amount of time. Time has passed. 
Tomorrow will be a better day. <laughs> this show, tomorrow will be a better day. I'm sorry. That's a joke. Uh, oh. Yeah, it's it's from a couple of episodes ago. From a very weirdly sad episode that talks about, uh, briefly about World War II. Excuse? Yep. Yeah. Huh. You know, <laughs> talks about how Japan was bombed. And how I completely destroyed a town. Yeah. Definitely not something I'd expect from. And, like, orphaned <laughs> an entire town's worth of children. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, Definitely not something I'd expect. No. Anyways, tomorrow will be a better day. <laughs> you know, with pretty cure, you never know what to expect. Sometimes you talk about a horrible event in real life, and sometimes you have a man screaming in the sky, flexing. And sometimes it's baby's day out. <laughs> but we should probably talk about the episode. We're almost 20 minutes in. Eh, we've, uh, we've had a longer lead-ins. That's true. We had, well, we had a part, we talked for 10 minutes about what again? Um, well, we've talked for 10 minutes about so many things, is the <laughs> thing. Um, we've talked for 10 minutes about Ben 10 before we did a Ben 10 podcast, which is this podcast, but only sometimes. <laughs> we talked about Kingdom Keepers twice. That's true, uh, we did. <laughs> um, we've talked about Kathy. Uh, what else have we talked? I, look, now we're going to spend 10 minutes talking about stuff we've talked about. <laughs> I feel like we always do that when we have a guest. We talk about previous episodes. Yeah, we have to catch everyone up on our fun in-jokes. Anyways, so we opened the episode on a spooky mansion. Yes. I don't know about you two, but I already like the music they have for, like, the evil people. It's very ominous. It's very, I don't know What's what I'm looking for? I don't remember if it's the same music from before, but previously I've described this music as being very jazzy. Yes. Uh, we see that the prism hopper, she's in the birdcage. So this mm-hmm. is not a parrot, it's a cockatoo. Uh, I, mean, I disagree. I think it's uh, still a parrot. Yeah, it it seems to be very obviously a parrot. Okay, but they call it a cockatoo, and now I'm trying to remember if those are the same... Thing technically, because I I feel like I've had this discussion before. So there's cockatoos and there's cockatiels, and I don't remember which one's which. I know that one of them has the little mohawk. Okay, so a cockatoo is a uh, part of the parrot species. Mm-hmm. So I guess cockatoos are parrots. They're like a type of parrot. Mm-hmm. I mean, if that's wrong, you can just tell me. First, uh, people out there, I just googled it real quick. <laughs> But Google wouldn't lie to me. I, I don't currently have my, like, seven volumes of the National Geographic Encyclopedia of Animals and Plant Life. Um, so I couldn't correct you if I wanted to. <laughs> but the prism hoppish is in the uh, cockatoo's, uh, or parrot, or let's call it a parrot, parrot's cage. And uh, it has no power because they did show this, so you will know, uh, Silva, that... Uh, the little guy in the cage gave away the power in the stones yes. when he got snatched. Mm-hmm. Yes, he gave it to Poland. Uh, the they call him the uh, keeper of the stones for some reason now, even though before he was just called Wisdom. They've called him keeper of the stones in the past. Yeah, but I like just... I feel like Wisdom's so much easier to say. Yeah, I wanted to say that so when I say Wisdom, you aren't confused about who I'm talking about. All right. Because we're like, yeah, Wisdom's in a cage. Because uh, he he's also in the bird cage. Yep. He doesn't really go away from the hoppish ever. No. He's pretty much tied to it, as far as I can tell. Yeah. It, Do you think he keeps his manga in there? Absolutely. Okay. It's either that or the weird pocket dimension he hangs out in. Yeah, I wasn't sure which one it would be. I mean, he's not meaning any manga when he's in that cage, but he is being threatened. Hmm, maybe it is in the pocket dimension then, and that's why he doesn't have any in this yeah. scene. Um, but yeah, so he's in there with the parrot, and they're torturing him with the bird to try to get information about where the stones are. Yes. And Wisdom's like, listen, if you kill me, or have me be eaten by this bird, then you're never gonna know where it is, because I'm the only one who knows what happened to it. 
So they can't get rid of him. And then they talk about how they need to use the powers like that they stored up from the Field of Rainbow to restore the Jakku King. Mm-hmm. The Dark Dude. Yeah. Everyone's favorite giant being of darkness. Everyone's favorite version of Chaos from Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> Uh, the businessman whose name we learn at the end of this episode I feel like we know the woman's name too but I don't remember what it was yeah I need to get some fun names for these people going all I have right now is creepy old man for the creepy old man one I don't I still haven't figured out one for businessman or battle mom I've just been thinking of uh, businessman as the tall guy tall guy is good I'm calling him the businessman because when we met him, he was a businessman, and then he jumped out a window. <laughs> he did jump out a window. He did. So it, that descriptor for me might have something to do with just earlier today before I watched the episode. I watched a deep dive uh, just, uh, analysis on where Slenderman came from. Oh. So... <laughs> He's also, like, very creepy in a way that a horror monster called the Tall Man would be. Yeah. So, I, yes. I, yeah, Tall Man's good. Absolutely. Uh, speaking of the Tall Man, he says, why not ask the Pretty Curious about where the power is? Because, obviously, they're connected to it, which, like, yeah, of course they're connected to it. <laughs> where have you been for the last 30 episodes? Well, he did, he was, like, a weird seed person for a while. That's true. He was a weird seed person. Pretty Cure, uh, I don't know if you can tell by uh, watching this one episode, but Pretty Cure is very weird. Oh, yes. It's very obvious. <laughs> uh, so then we get the intro, and then we come back to Nagisa doing the recap. And yes. she mentions that they currently think that the bad seed people took the stones. Yes. Uh, I also didn't realize, because she was writing something, but... Because I didn't catch this the first time. I'm watching the episode right now as well. Uh, she's writing in the uh, the Pretty Cure Diary. Oh. So do you think she actually like writes down what happened? Like what's been happening? Like she writes down like the events? She probably does because like they've used that before like for that exact purpose. Um, yeah. And if you're going to write those things down anywhere, it's probably best off to put it in the magical diary that really can't be opened by anyone else other than a pretty cure. That's true. <laughs> uh, do you? Who do you think takes better notes? Nagisa or Honoka? I know it's Honoka, but... It's Honoka. Don't be silly. <laughs> Nagisa doesn't even do her homework. I don't think they ever mentioned Honoka's name because I just learned it from YouTube. Talking about her. Oh, yeah, you they know. They didn't mention her name right. at all in this episode. Oh. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, that's the thing. Because, like, even though this is a show with only two main characters, um, Nagisa is, like, the primary main character and most of the stuff focuses on her. Yes. Which I think is strange, but I, I get it, I guess. I could definitely feel that. Yeah. She's the relatable one. Yeah. I mean, I relate a lot to her, but that's just me. I had, I didn't realize I didn't say Honoka's name at all this episode. I mean, it compared us to you, you've already seen what episode we've watched 31. But it's weird that, like, they wouldn't mention her name. I mean, they might have and I missed it, but I definitely don't remember it being mentioned. Huh. You also don't get to see her cool grandma. No, her grandma is awesome. Yeah, I saw the dog and the grandma walking with her in the ending, and I'm like, well, where were they? Oh, if you want oh, to see so... more about Go ahead. Grandma, it, when you watch episode 11, watch the very next episode, because that focuses in on the grandma. Oh, really? Yeah. Um. So does the World War II episode, actually. Yes, yeah, so does the World War II episode. <laughs> That makes um, sense. Also, if you want to know more about the dog, I don't remember which episode it is, but there is an episode that's just Homeward Bound. <laughs> yeah, really? Oh my god. Yeah. The dog is helping a, a smaller dog get back to its owner. That sounds wonderful. It was very good. I don't remember which episode that was. Was that before or after they defeated the Jakku King? It was before, right? I believe it was before. Oh, it's um, episode 22. 
That's the dog episode. All right. Well, now I have a very specific list of episodes to watch. <laughs> we okay. Here's here's what we're gonna do, Charlie. Yes. Uh, when we're done with this, like we're done with this season, we're gonna compile a Pretty Cure watch list of all of the episodes that you need to watch of Pretty Cure that are only like you can skip everything else except for these episodes. Absolutely. Yes, we have to talk. Yeah, we should absolutely do that. All right. Uh, so. Um, let's see, where are we now? Uh, Poland wants to play. He was playing with Meeple, and uh, Meeple got just too exhausted and turned back into his phone form. And then Poland was like, well, you play with me, Nagisa. He's <laughs> like, I'm trying to do stuff. Mm-hmm. And then it's lunchtime. Yeah. Um, Nagisa's mom made curry. Her dad makes a dad joke about curry. Yes. I didn't write down the joke. I wrote down that he, like, makes a pun- where the pun ends up saying gorgeous curry. Yeah, it's the the words he said sounds like he's saying curry curry. Ah. Yeah. Yeah, he makes a lot of jokes. And teaches Nagisa how to put her brother in a headlock. Yes. <laughs> Very important knowledge. Okay. Yeah. Just what you um, want from a dad. I, I don't think we've ever had it confirmed what her dad does, but I assume her dad's a prize fighter of some kind. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, the world's your oyster. I mean, considering his two skills are are jokes and headlocks, seems about right. (laughs) That's all you need. I just feel like that's where Honoka gets it from. Or not Honoka, Nagisa. See, (laughs) here's the thing. We kept saying Honoka, and now I'm all mixed up. (laughs) Listen, I get mixed up all the time, so I feel like I've mixed up Honoka and Nagisa. Usually I mix up Meeple and Meeple. But their names are so similar. I feel like I can get away with mixing them up. Uh, so Poland's sneaking out to see what's going on with all the family stuff. So Nagisa just kicks her slipper into the hallway. <laughs> so she has an excuse to go put Poland back away. Yes, uh, which still confusing on why they didn't immediately check on her when she left her slipper in the doorway and ran past it. You know, I have to imagine at this point it pretty here. Uh, Nagisa's family is like, there's something going on with her, but you know what? We're not going to worry about it because she seems fine. <laughs> but whatever's going on, it's fine. She has a new friend who keeps telling her to do her homework, so she can't be, you know, doing too badly. <laughs> yeah, because they're like, something's going on with Nagisa, but like, they're like, what? It's, what? when is something not going on with her? Uh, so Poland is sitting at the door and keeps hearing family stuff and is just full on homesick. The music gets so sad at this point. Yeah, I, I was so like without knowing anything, I was like, "Why are you being mean to the little guy? He wants friends." Yeah, all you need to know about Poland is that he's baby. He is a baby. He's also the prince of the field of light. Um, and has an immense power hidden inside of his body somewhere. I don't know if those words mean anything to you. They do not, but they seem important. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so Meeple is like, oh, there's something wrong with that kid. And instead of the something wrong being that kid's very depressed and homesick, he's like, why is he still in his fairy form? Why hasn't he gone back to being a, a palm computer? Yeah. It's like, huh, that's weird. Why is he- uh, If you didn't know, it takes a lot of energy for them to stay in their fairy form, so that's why they go back to being- That's why they're phones a lot, because they can't manage to be fairies all the time. I'd gathered that from the exposition. Um, So they are hanging out later. um, It's Nagisa, Honoka, the fairies. And they're all just hanging out over at Honoka's place, it looks like. Yeah, it looks like Honoka's place. Probably because- there's less chance of someone walking in and hearing mm-hmm. them. Um, and Poland is like, oh yeah, something thing, something strange did happen recently. Um, I wisdom. forgot. He, he did something that I completely forgot. <laughs> um, and as they're about to say some other stuff, he like freezes up, turns into a computer, and then gets contact, starts broadcasting a message from a senior from the field of flight. Yeah. I feel like I've been leading this episode. It's You can go. How could you, Cassidy? I thought I was the one who leads these things. I know. That's why I'm trying to stand back. <laughs> I think we should let our guest lead, actually. Take it away. 
I'm just kidding. Alright. <laughs> I was joking, you don't have to try. <laughs> well, so, next there's the exposition from the old man from the Field of Light. Mm-hmm. That yes. says, uh, Porin has the power of the seven stones, which, don't know what power they were, but they seem important. Uh, they're almost literally the Chaos Emeralds. They're oh. the power of creation. Huh. All right. Just give that to baby. Got it. Yep. <laughs> well, he didn't. He, he was like, I need to give this to someone. And he's like, I hope it's anyone that I could give this to. And then it was Poland. And he was like, couldn't have been anyone else, huh? <laughs> Had to be the baby, huh? Well, okay. Here we go. <laughs> So now Baby has uh, lots of power that is, uh, based on what was being said, unlocking more power within, but the power from the stones were hidden away, but they were unlocking his own power. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes, because the power of the stones is too strong to just hide inside the body of a baby. So they have to be asleep. Um, And about this time... Yeah, so this baby has power. Yeah. Yeah. The baby power, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Puppy power. Oh, no. <laughs> um. So as Poland's about to get an update on every, everyone that lives at his home, the call drops. Which honestly sucks. Yeah. Yeah. He just misses his friends. He wants to know how they're doing in the field of light. And uh, Senior does start saying like, oh, they miss you too. They're doing well. And then the call disconnects, you know. Yeah, Discord must have gone down. Which then everyone else starts talking about, huh, I guess the call can only last so long. And Poirin starts being sad because he wanted to learn about hear how his friends are doing. (laughs) And they were being just so pragmatic about, oh, I guess the call can't last that long then. And I'm just like, don't you see baby is sad? Yeah. Um, And in his sadness, he runs off to go home. Yes. Uh, before that, they do say that if the evil people, the evil trio, uh, learn that Poland has the seven stones inside of him, they will come after him, which, yeah. I don't, I feel like it's kind of obvious, but maybe they're just like, oh, this baby has a lot of power, not this baby was given a lot of power. This baby has power. Which, considering... Other things from the series does not seem too unlikely for the evil people to just assume is a thing. Baby has power. Especially yeah. when they were literally born yesterday. Yeah. Uh, yes, but as he runs off, we see a wind blow ominously, and it's the businessman. Oh, we should also mention that the cures chase after Poland. Yes, yeah. they do. Yeah, so it's at this point where Poland takes off, and it's like halfway through the episode. Yeah, it's like, it's like halfway into the episode, and then it's like a 30-second chase through some back alleys, and then Poirin hops on a truck, and then someone that they the girls know stops, and they, hey, what's going on? They're like, follow that truck! So, yes. I, that's Akane, and I can only describe Akane as Nagis's cool aunt who runs a food truck and teaches her all about lacrosse. Um, I don't yes. think they're actually related. I think she's just an upperclassman. Um but she has big aunt energy. She definitely felt like Absolutely. an aunt. Yeah. Um, and also is one of my favorite characters. <laughs> she, she works at a food truck. So that's why they're like, oh, this is actual normal truck. And she's like, oh, my actual truck's being repaired. Because I think when we first meet her, she's selling takiyaki. Yeah. And then the last time we saw her, she was selling snow cones because it was summer. Yes. I'm pretty sure... Takoyaki is also a summer snack as well. Yeah, it's like it was like a heat wave type thing. Mm. Yeah, they chase after this truck, and uh, Akana's like, "Is that a stuffed animal on the truck?" Yeah, um, and then eventually Poland falls off, and Nagisa catches from outside the window. Um, and they start talking to Poland, and Honoka's like, "Nagisa, I gotta," <laughs> and just keeps trying to maintain the cover. <laughs> Yeah, because yeah, Nagis is talking to Poland, and Akane's like, is that Sephira so talking? <laughs> so, uh, Hornika did what she did in a previous episode, she she starts, like... Mimicking his voice. Saying yeah. what Poland's saying, just like, tr- like oh, it's just me, saying, po-po. It was absolutely wonderful. Uh, so, 
Yeah, that's a fun characterization that we don't get to see often. And it definitely did. Uh, uh, one of the reasons why I liked Hanukkah a lot is because she was so quick-witted. Like when uh, Akane was acting questions. Yeah. Uh, she's the one who brought up this wasn't the normal truck and just derailed the conversation onto something else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, part of me wishes that like Akane was the person that they did let in on like the whole pretty cure thing. Because I think that would be fun. Like, Akane is probably not going to tell anyone. Let's be real. She's cool. Yeah, she is. But, you know, they gotta try to maintain their cover. Yeah. I just, I feel like if at any point they were going to break it, now would be the time. And at the very least, I guarantee that she's probably later in another episode going to be like, there's something up with you two, and I don't know what it is, but I'm going to find <laughs> out. Also, like, unlike other magical little shows... The enemies know who the pretty cures are. They know who their civilian identities are. Yes. So it's like they need to keep that a secret from the evil people. Because they know. No, the, huh. the cures have just made it like Nagisa, I think, and Nagisa and Honoka have both sort of come to the conclusion that they have to keep it a secret because they don't want the two parts of their life to intersect like that. that. Makes sense. Which I guess makes sense but if the evil people already know they can just interfere whenever they want so there's no real point yeah. to keeping your family in the dark that's why i feel like akane would be a good choice because in a lot of situations um there's like an episode for example where they were at like a school camp thing and akane was there and akane would be able to give them cover if they needed to run off yeah Though the I only will... sorry go ahead I will say uh, later in this episode, the evil guy specifically makes Akane go unconscious when he shows up. So for some reason, mm-hmm. the yes. evil people seem to be keeping the secret for them as well. Um, I think so it's I think more... It's, yeah, think it's more like the they have thing. an aura. Like, they have an aura that knocks out everyone that isn't a cure. Uh, this is something that has happened in other with other villains where they like drain the energy of everyone nearby to become more powerful. Yeah. And it just doesn't affect the pretty cures. Huh. Yeah. There is one person that's not a pretty cure that knows that they're pretty cures, and it's of course grandma. Yeah, grandma almost like canonically knows. No, she she absolutely knows because after once during like the when they defeated the Jakku King the first time, at the end of the episode she like smiles and says good job. Oh yeah. I forgot that she does canonically know. I still chalk that up to the fact that she's probably also secretly a pretty here. <laughs> I mean, she did have Meeple, uh, Mipple, and Mipple did talk to her. So, I'm just saying, you're probably right. Watch the grandma, watch the sad World War II episode, everyone. Um, so, the tall man land, like, leads Akane. He's disguised as a construction worker, and the animation specifically doesn't show the man's face. Yeah, so it can be a fun reveal. Yeah. Uh, which is not really a reveal, because who else would be leading them <laughs> like that? Yeah. Um, but then she pulls into like a construction site and is like, hey, um, this is a strange place, right? Yeah. It's one of those, huh, <laughs> we're not supposed to be here, are we? I will say, uh, while they were in the car, Poland does say, bun, Wayne, and then danger, which comes up during the fight, because he... Has the ability of foresight. Mm-hmm. And this is like the seed man of rain, right? Yes. Because like then there was the one of fire and the one of lightning. Yes. Yeah, because he absorbed the typhoon. Mm-hmm. He spent yeah. 20 minutes just standing in the sky screaming until the storm got absorbed. <laughs> that's that's a canonical fact. He just was up in the sky screaming until he absorbed a typhoon. Huh. Um, so then he attacks the cures with monster trucks, and I don't mean, like, monster trucks regularly, I mean, like, trucks that are monsters. <laughs> yeah, yes. he turns the construction trucks into monsters. The Zakena. Zakena. I'm, we didn't get any Gomena this time. Yeah, we did. They were at the end of the episode. Yeah. Did we? Yeah, okay. little, uh, little guy saying Gomena at the Good. end of the yeah they were at the end of the episode. I had a feeling Look, those were I've... themes that came up in fights, but with no previous knowledge, I could not confirm or deny that fact. Yeah, basically the Gomena show up anytime they beat the Zakena. Yeah, 
They're like little star people. But they did show, they were at the end, like, right after they beat back uh, the business guy, they were there. Okay. I remember, I, I wrote it down. I'm going to just reveal that I was dealing with that headache very difficult. Like, it was very hard for me to watch the last part of this episode. Oh, it's okay, love. Uh, uh, yes. But so they transform. Yes, the businessman is like, tell me where the power is, and they're like, absolutely not. And then they transform. What did you think of the transformation scene? Um. This is your very first. I did very much like the fact that they held hands the entire time. Yes, they're dating. Yes. <laughs> I definitely got that feeling. <laughs> Cassidy. Look, all I'm saying is that the aquarium episode is just an episode where Nagisa takes her girlfriend to the aquarium. Yes, we are firm believers that they are dating. There's a Romeo and Juliet episode coming up. I'm excited. I don't think it should be a belief when it's basically canon. I mean, yes. Um, So Nagisa does a fun fight scene with a rebar using it as a staff, fighting off other floating rebar. Yeah. Oh well. First, uh, we learn they get put into the worst version of a uh, what is it yeah. called? Thunderdome, where the trucks back. They get put up. in the BattleBots battle arena. Yeah, which, <laughs> is just, which was very weirdly set up. They just had, you just had the trucks back into each other to make a platform and threw a bunch of I beams to make yeah. a wall. And like the businessman is like, oh, you won't be able to escape. And, like, and we could like, just jump really high in the air. Yeah, yeah my whole thought process fly. was, um, they're magical girls. From my understanding, they're strong. They could, they could, couldn't they just jump out? Yeah, they've, like, canonically, they basically, whenever they're in pretty cure form, they have, like, moon jumps. Yeah. Uh, uh, heck, there's even a part during this fight where uh, Honoka is just, Floating in the air sideways doing a yeah, barrel she was, roll. She's just barrel rolling out of the way of the rebar. Yeah. I will say I did like the choreography for this fight. I don't know if yes. it's a thing you guys touch on a lot on this podcast. We sort but. of gloss over the fights, but yeah. it's, you, it's always a fun thing for me to watch. I especially like, especially like the coordinated stuff. Like you'll see a couple of the instances in the intro, like when they do the backflip and land on the construction building. Yeah, uh, it's a lot of fun. I think I've been on record saying that I really like that put Fataiwa uh, and a lot of uh, other pretty cares because I've seen a lot of other pretty cares that the fighting is a lot more physical. Like they actually like punch and kick a lot more than the, just using magic. Yeah, which I I uh, kind of would not was not expecting from a magical girl show to see actual like uh, not you know actual staff work. But, you know, approximations of someone fighting with the staff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I would describe the, like, the setup of Pretty Cure to be, like, the cross between a traditional magical girl show and the influences of Super Sentai. Yeah. And, like, I think that's on purpose because Pretty Cure was essentially created because people, like, were looking at, like, oh, Super Sentai... And Kamen Rider are really popular. Why don't we create a franchise like that, but for girls? And that's how Pretty Cure came into being. I have a lot of Pretty Cure facts. I'm pretty sure. I'm sure that's useful for a Pretty Cure podcast. Yes, <laughs> it's good that one of us does, at the very least. Because um, this this is my first time watching Pretty Cure, like overall. Yes, that's um, the gimmick. I've seen Pretty Cure, and Cassidy's new to it. Yeah. And that's why I constantly inject new other stuff into this <laughs> podcast. That's why one-tenth of this podcast is us watching Ben 10. You know, Ben 10's great, so I see no problems. Absolutely. Now, is it um, classic Ben 10 or the later series? Right now, we're starting with classic Ben 10. Yes. Much like with Pretty Cure, we're going to go through... Well, no, with Pretty Cure, we're going to start jumping around when we get done with the first series. Yeah. Um, but Ben 10, we're going to go through because there is a lot of wild stuff that happens with timeline shenanigans. Yeah. Um, and I feel like we need to have full context. And we're jumping around with Pretty Cure because outside of the first, second season and the third and, uh, no, not third, fourth and fifth season, 
they're all alone contained stories, so you don't actually have to like watch them in like the airing order. You can just pick whatever one you want. I will say I am uh, glad the Kevin Levin bit uh, was floating around Twitter again the other day where he says you need to treat a car like a woman. And Gwen's just like, go on. Go on. (laughs) No, I sense that I've made a mistake. (laughs) How far into Ben 10 does Kevin Levin show up? I guess we'll find Uh, out. So here's the thing. He shows up in the original series and he's like just a teen. He's a teen who... Well, he's a preteen. He's 11. He's same age as Ben. He's one year older than Ben. one year older. That's right, because his nickname is Kevin Eleven. Uh, And he he shows up for some of that, and he's mostly an antagonist for that. And then he shows up later as as an anti-hero type. Yeah, he... I feel like he's only in, like, two or three episodes for the original. And then he's, like, a sidekick... uh, hero team member with Ben and Ultimate? Is it Ultimate? Um, it's either Ultimate, and it's not, it's probably not Alien Force. Alien Force is later. What's the other one? There's one more. Omniverse? Omniverse is much later. Yeah, Omniverse is a lot later. I don't know if, uh, if it's Ultimate Alien or Alien Force that comes first, but one of those. Yeah. I guess we'll find out eventually. Yeah, because then... Isn't it in the original one where he gets the Omnitrix, but like, he doesn't Go uh, no, uh, he touches it, and because his abilities are substance mimicry, and for some reason that triggers with all the alien DNA in the Omnitrix, and he just kind of morphs into an amalgamation of all the aliens currently registered. Mm-hmm. Hmm. And it's a bad time. Yeah, yeah, it's not fun, which is why, doesn't he get, like, locked away in some alien prison or another dimension or something? Um, probably. I, I haven't actually watched a whole lot of Ben 10. I just have, I've seen like random episodes of it. Well, I have watched all of the original and most of Alien Force and Ultimate. And I think I stopped in Omniverse. See, now it just sounds like we need to have you on for a Ben 10 episode. I yeah. would be down for that. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. Uh, our next Ben 10 episode is after 40. So that's like nine weeks from now. Unless it would be funny to do another Ben 10 episode between now and then. Um, yes. Because sometimes we'll make a joke about how pretty cure is over. And then we do a Ben 10 episode. <laughs> <laughs> we have done that twice. <laughs> so um, anyways, back to pretty cure. Yeah. Uh, the the tall man throws a rebar at Nagisa, and Poland jumps up to grab it. Uh, he he, he headbutts it and ends up grabbing it somehow, which I'm still confused yeah. about. He gives it his flying baby attack. Yeah. And after he gets beat up and they get all mad about it, like, oh. hey, how could you attack this baby? He doesn't really get beat up. He's just getting swung around on the rebar. And then his grip slips and he goes flying into the ground. Yeah. He still gets hit, but he doesn't really get beat up. Mm-hmm. It's just like afterwards you look at him and he's like, that's a, that he's been scuffed up somehow. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, he did like hit. Yeah. Uh, so he gets uh, caught by Kira Black, who is very mad that this man beat up, uh, was beating up a baby. Understandably. Um, so this allows, time. yeah, this allows Poland to summon the power and says, accept the power of light. And they do. It's rainbow tie. Yep, yeah, and they and get then their they cool shoot fitness. And then they shoot him with the gay. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, it, like, it doesn't focus as much on it in for this attack, I don't think, but for their other, um, for, like, all of their finishing moves, they also have to hold hands for that. Oh, they were definitely yes. holding hands because the whatever like launcher things were on their opposite hands of each other. Yes, the the Fitbits of power. Yes. Yeah, it's one of my favorite parts of Futaiwa is that the fact that they have to hold hands. Mm-hmm. It's just it to me that's like peak magical goal stuff. Like holding hands, absolutely love this. Give me more magicals. I have to hold hands to transform and to use their big moves. I demand it. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> I do as well. It, yes. it needs to be. So, um, so they win. Yeah, they should yes, win. win. <laughs> and uh, uh, Poland's asleep. Yeah. And, and they're they, just like, oh, can we just do this now? Cool. Also, he's vi- 
they're like, oh, he was really sad and lonely. Like, yeah, obviously that's what, what was going on. Yeah, that was what this whole thing was. It took you fighting tall man to notice. <laughs> but then the end of the episode happens. And Cassidy, I need to know. Uh, I would ask you, Silva, but you haven't watched the Edips. I mean, I don't know if you were expecting uh, what happened at the end for the Jakku King to come back. Considering they said they would do that at the beginning, I was like, alright, so that's a thing that's gonna happen. I had no clue of its significance. I was kind of expecting it to fail because I thought they were in, like, banking on the fact that they would get more power by defeating the Cures this time or something. Yes, see, that's what I thought, so... Well, I... I understand where you're coming from. I didn't get that understanding. What I understood was Tall Man was like, I'll go ask them where, if they know where the power is, but we already have enough to do this. Okay. Because yeah, they were talking about it like from. it was definitely gonna happen. But he was like, well, we were we were just asking little guy about the power, so I'll just go talk to them, see if they'll tell me where it is. Yeah. And then I'll meet you where we need to be to do this. So my thing was I didn't expect it to happen so soon because the Jack Koo King was only defeated like, was it 25 or 26? Uh, it was one of those. Yeah. So like, I was like, oh, they're not going to be able to revive him so quickly. Like, they just like appeared and started like fighting the pretty curious. I, but like, nope, he, he he's back, everyone. The Jack Koo King's back in business. <laughs> Well, you got to remember that this is also the the show that killed their first general in five episodes. That's true. Rest in peace, Bissard. Mourn you till we join you. <laughs> Rest in peace, Bissard. <laughs> uh, yes. So they, because they're, they're standing on the chains, and they summon all the power that they've stored up from the field of rainbow, and for so I, there was also a moment because like it cut back between. Them summoning the Jakku King, like reviving him and the Queen of the Field. Yeah, of I was very, I was very confused about that because you know <laughs> there was them doing the thing, and then all of a sudden, Big Lady in pure white is there. And I'm like, <laughs> did she just show up, or did we do a scene change? Well, you see, they're two sides of the same coin. Yeah, one can't exist without the other, except for like the past five episodes, where <laughs> they've existed one without the other. <laughs> Um, also, that's Poland's mom. Yes, that's Poland's mom. Oh, okay. It's weird. Uh, <laughs> so I expect Baby to get very big then. Uh, I'm sure one day he will. I don't think we'll get to see it, but... That saddens me. Do you think when Poland gets big, he'll become a person? You know... And by a person, I do mean like a human being. I don't... Poland is a person. Fairies are people. Yes. <laughs> I mean, if the queen is a human i imagine yeah she certainly humanoid she just looked very big the elder is also kind of humanoid so maybe it, it is just an age thing so what do you think the queen looked like when she was a fairy um i'm gonna say sort of like mipple but like a light blue Ooh, that's pretty considering she's Poland's mom i just think bigger ears than Poland. <laughs> Yeah, that's also pretty, probably pretty true. Uh, but yes, the episode ends with them reviving the Jakku King. There's some bad CGI. And then the Queen's like, he's back. Yeah, da -da -da. I, I, de I definitely felt that CGI. It, it was weird on my eyes seeing the like figure in the shadows because it felt like they were trying to make it distinct. But they didn't change the color enough right until it was there. So it was just kind of like it appeared T-posing. <laughs> oh, no, he just appears T-posing constantly. That's like yeah. his whole thing. <laughs> That's just the Jack King. Listen, it was 2004. They were doing their best. I, I, I understand that. But like I could like I could barely see the shape of something moving out of the lava. And then by the time my eyes registered what the shape was, he was just T-posing. I also, that reminds me. So I also, when they were reviving the Jakku King, it, there was like this like weird like egg thing. At least that's what it looked like to me. I'm like, oh, so is he just going to be like an egg for a while and then like hatch? 
No, that didn't happen either. <laughs> I had a lot of thoughts about what was happening it, that were it, wrong. To me, it looked like a body, like a giant body, was coming out of a the volcano and for some reason brought the lava with it mm. while it was coming up. Yeah, like when um, something breaks the surface of the water, the water sort of rises up for a bit before it breaks. But it didn't mm. really seem to break. It just kind of like he was there and the lava was under him. Yeah. I, I'd have to go back and look at that scene again, but it definitely looked like there was just a mound of molten lava under him while he was T-posing. I yeah. believe that. Um, but yeah, so that's episode 31 of Pretty Cure. Yeah. Uh, and then next time, uh, it's more Poland stuff, more about being there and protecting Poland. Yeah. I will also say I really liked the ending. It's so good. Oh, the ending is so good. It's, it's one of the so best good. parts. My favorite part of the ending is just the guy who just screams at the end of it. Like, yeah! <laughs> it's my um, favorite part. So, uh, just so you know, at the ending, it, during the ending, when there's the part where the bad people, uh, the bad guys are also dancing. Um, yeah. Their dancing is not as good as the previous group of bad guys. Um, so if you're, I would also recommend looking that up. Or if you just watch an older episode, it's going to be there. Yeah. They have, you'll get to see all of the cool general designs from the first half of the season. And they all like actually follow the same kind of dance that everybody else is doing. And don't just do that weird hopping thing. Yeah. I, I, I will say that I definitely like the older villains more than the new ones. Well, I, uh, so, you, you should keep mentioning it as dancing, but to me, they're just walking across the screen. It's like a march, I want to yeah. say. I would describe it as a march. Yeah. Yeah, it's like a march, but I wouldn't, re- like, the only thing I would call a dance is the first bit when they're in cheerleader outfits. The rest of it's just kind of like marching across the screen, which I, I do still really like. But my brain doesn't register that as a dance. Uh, when the so when the Zakana do it, and during the old version when the bad guys were doing it, they put like a little arm wiggle in it. It makes mm. it feel sort of like a almost like a walk like an Egyptian type thing. Yeah. Mm. That would definitely change it. Yeah. You'll definitely see it when you watch uh, episode eleven and twelve, and if you watch anything else, whatever you choose to watch. Uh, but that's it. That's the. Yep. Podcast, it's time for plugs. Please, plug yourself. I don't really do anything on the internet. I just kind of consume content. So, If you want to plug your Twitter, you can. But it's up to you. It is not required. Yeah, it's not required. I I don't really do anything on my Twitter either. So... (laughs) That's right. My Twitter is where I retweet, uh, retweet things about the content I consume. So, if... That interests you. Uh, my Twitter is at EsperZM. Esper like the Pokemon because it's baby. Oh, here's the thing that I can ask: um, is is there a piece of content you consume that you would like to plug, or like to you know refer people to go check out that you think people would like? Hmm. So, uh, I I listen to a lot of podcasts. Uh, mm-hmm. I definitely recommend Rollout. It's a very good uh, mask uh, new generation podcast. And then there's I Dad. agree. I recently just finished catching up. It's very good. I am like a month or two behind, so I need to catch up on Rollout. I've listened, listened to one episode. I'll catch up eventually. And then uh, Shadows of St. Fleur is very good. It's a Absolutely. Urban Shadows podcast. Uh, and then just a, a game that I very much like is Arcade Spirits. It's a visual novel about if arcades were still relevant nowadays and there wasn't a video game crash in the 80s. Oh. And you're playing a depressed person who finds the meaning, finds your meaning working at an arcade. Mm-hmm. Um, and I will let people know that if you bought that itch bundle that happened for like the past couple, or a few weeks ago at the time that this comes out, um... It'll, it's in there. You can download it there. I've also downloaded it. I've been meaning to play it. Oh, is it? I have it on Switch. Uh, they announced a second one that they're working on, which I'm very Ooh. excited about. I mean, I like visual novels, so I'll probably check it out since I also bought the bundle. Uh, all right. Who goes? Me. I go first. Yes. Uh, yes. 
if you, because I plug uh, Twitter, uh, <laughs> so if you want to talk to us about coming to guest or what you think the Queen of the Field of Light will look like as a little fairy partner, you can find us at Prepod Engage on Twitter. And if you want to talk to me, Charlie, about anything, I don't know what I do on Twitter. I also just retweet content that I like and make it just word vomit. Uh, you can find me at Magical underscore Pride. And if you want to hear more of my lovely voice, go listen to Otherware, which is an actual play mass podcast where I play a nomad named Phantom, which you can find at Otherware Pod on Twitter. And. Man. Sorry, I was like, Phantom is very good. Thank you. I'm glad you like them. They get even better with the new episodes, I think. I mean, I'm biased, because that's my character, but... The Nomad playbook is very good, and I'm sad no one uses it. I love it so much. I've been having a blast playing a Nomad. Which I feel weird having opinions on what playbooks are good, considering I've only played a single one-shot of Mask. But... Okay. I'll get to actually plug something that involves a nomad in it later. Yes. Uh, but before that, uh, I must plug my last thing. If you want to hear even more of me, if you're just like, there's not enough Charlie content for me. <laughs> I don't know why you Which would say that. Which is me constantly. <laughs> oh, Cassidy. <laughs> uh, you can go follow Lovecore Gaming on Twitter which is the podcast where I and a guest talk about the Walmart systems and video games or tabletop games, just games in general, uh, which comes out not this month anymore, but next month. So look forward to that. I commissioned music for it where I asked the person if they could write careless whispers, but legally not careless whispers. So look forward to hearing that. That sounds absolutely wonderful. <laughs> and right. I did the logo. Yes, Cassidy did the logo. She's very good at making logos, so if you need a podcast logo, you should definitely hit her up. Yeah, it's my favorite thing to do, actually. I, it's it's a very fun uh, exercise in design, is making a podcast logo. Um, but speaking of me, you can find me on Twitter at MadLobotanist. That's M-A-D-L-O-B-O-T-A-N-I-S-T. Um, I... Tweet. I actually tweet things sometimes. Like I tweet <laughs> about pronouns, or a Pokemon Nuzlocke that I'm doing, yes. or season three of Yu-Gi-Oh! GX. Um, the last time I mentioned it on the show, I had just started season two, and now I'm on season three. <laughs> and it's good. It's. I think it's probably. I mean, no. I I can just say unequivocally, Yu-Gi-Oh! GX is be- better than regular Yu-Gi-Oh. Oh, uh, I can totally, I can totally see that. Uh, I also do other podcasts. I do Kids and Their Dog, a Scooby Doo movie review and recap podcast that I do with my good friend Lava. Uh, it's it's going strong. We are we are clearing. We are almost at sixty percent done with every Scooby Doo movie ever made. Um, I also do RNGG with Crash, which is a randomly generated a randomly generated game design podcast. Where we randomly generate a like a concept, and we have to pitch something over the course of forty five minutes. It's very um, good. Those can those can be found at Kids and Their Dog and at RNGG Cast on Twitter, respectively. Um, also, also, if you would like to hear my voice soon on a Masks actual play podcast featuring a Novad playbook, um, Apex City is currently doing. The Hindsight 2020 event that's going on all year. And I show up in the Silver Age series of episodes, which will be starting to come out this month by the time of this post. Probably that's still June, right? Yes. Um, And at the very least for the next two months afterwards. This episode's coming out the 28th. So that's like three days or four days away from well no it would be the last episode of this month so that's like three days away from when silver age will have its first episode yes so i'm in silver age i play the character dame atlas who is a beacon playbook and we're in space beacons are fun i could definitely not play a beacon though you can also hear me later on in hindsight 2020 it that i think the first episode of bronze age comes out in september 
that sounds about right. Um, yeah. Unless there's a future episode in September, I don't know. Well, so no, yeah, no, yeah, that would be the future episode because you have the three months of summer. August, so the first episode of Bond's Age is October. Ooh, Halloween! You get to hear the Bond's Age. Uh, well, um, I play a star. That's fun. Ooh, stars are fun. But yeah, also, I just recommend Apex City in general. It's a very good mass actual play podcast. Just, it's, you know, both Apex City and Rollout are very good. Yes, and Otherware. I do very much agree on all of those points. Apex is very good, and I also need to catch up on Apex. My brain has decided it cannot handle mask at the moment, so I'm binging a Horror Borealis Monster of the Week podcast. Oh, nice. I won't get into what podcast I'm listening to uh, on the episode. That would take too much time because it's time for us to end uh, the episode. So, until next time, we need your help, Nepo. Popo. Do you want to add anything to throw at the end of the episode? Just any random phrase? Uh, <laughs> 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 that works. Usually, I think I've been pretty good at uh, syncing everyone up. Yeah. I mean, you don't necessarily have to time it. You can just adjust manually. That's what I do for every episode of Cat D. Yeah. Alright. So on the count of three, we're all going to shout that together. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Sorry, I'm just remembering the time we tried to do it with Landon. (laughs) Okay. Count of three.